It finally happened. The right thing was done with lying, dishonest, fake Republican Congressman George Santos. He was expelled from the House of Representatives last week, and it did not go particularly well for him. He is melting down completely through a temper tantrum on the way out of the House of Representatives and is now threatening to take down a whole bunch of other Republican members of Congress with him, to which I say, absolutely take down even more of these people. So let's go through it step by step. Here is the eventual vote after so much back and forth, multiple votes previously, some of which George Santos was able to survive. Ultimately, it all coming to a head. And here are the results announced by the completely weird, wacky and unvetted Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, announcing George Santos has been expelled. Since he represents New York, the governor of New York should be notified. Listen to this. On this vote, the yeas are 311, the nays are 114, with two recorded as present. Two thirds voting in the affirmative, the resolution is adopted, and a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. The clerk will notify the governor of the state of New York of the action of the House. <laughs> Under Clause 5D of Rule 20, the chair announces to the House that in light of the expulsion of the gentleman from New York, Mr. Santos, the whole number of the House is now 434. And there it is, George Santos going back from whence he came or something along those lines. You know, it's really not that often that the right thing happens when it comes to uh, elected office in this way at this level. There are so many misdeeds and wrongdoing and corruption and all sorts of different things. And usually we just sort of I mean, listen, even with Trump and January 6th, we haven't seen the consequences that are appropriate. Maybe we will. We don't know. But it is actually in some way refreshing to see, hey, this guy has no business being here, lied all the way in, scammed people on fundraising. If you want to include the fact that he's been indicted multiple times, you can, although indictments are just allegations. He hasn't yet had due process on that. Obviously, he shouldn't be there. And now he's been removed. Now, of course, there are all sorts of cynical motivations for some of the Republicans participating in this. Do they really care? Some do, right? Like Congressman Miller, who says he and his mom were personally scammed by the Santos. Does want Santos out on the merits. But with many of these Republicans, it's about putting your finger to the wind and seeing which way it's blowing politically. And is, is it better? to be seen as being on the side of Santos or not, and weighing that with the fact that you lose one vote in the House of Representatives. So it happened. It was the right decision. Here is video of reporters swarming to Santos um, as he leaves a sort of walk of shame of sorts. An indignant and courageous, defiant George Santos. Actually, he looks like a shell of a person. Do you have anything to say to your constituents, George Santos? Mr. Santos? What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you We're people? reporters, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Santos? I, I love that. What's wrong with you people? We're reporters, my friend. Do you have to say to your constituents? Mr. Santos, any comment? Do you regret having to pull out? You need to pull out. Go. And there he goes, leaving in what appears to be, uh, I guess it's a Jaguar SUV, George Sanctos or George Sanctimonious. He is uh, he should have been forced to take the bus home, quite frankly. I, I would have liked to uh, to have seen that. So there he goes, a stain on the House of Representatives. We will see what happens next as far as that seat. But in the meantime, Sanctos is not going down without a fight. And I actually like the fact that he may take a bunch of people down with him. Let's talk about that next. 
the wildly triggered former Republican member of the House, George Santos, after being expelled, took to the platform formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, put out a bunch of messages formerly known as tweets, now known as excretions, threatening to take down multiple other Republicans in the House, including threatening to out a supposed gay Republican hiding behind, I guess, being anti gay. You have to see this. And I love to see this. And remember, my interest is the following. I would rather have if we think of I would rather not have a two party duopoly. My preference would be we have multiple strong parties in the country. We have a party that's to the left of the Democrats. We have a more reasonable centrist party. I I would love to have more parties. We don't really have that. We have this duopoly. If we're going to have a duopoly for the good of the country, I would rather the Republican Party be sensible, functional and moderate, because I believe that would become less of an impediment to getting things done. Instead, we have this whacked MAGA dominated Republican Party. Fine. Given that that's the case, I want them to self-destruct. I want them to destroy themselves and look at the threats that George Santos is now making. We'll see whether any of this stuff is true. George Santos, after being expelled in the middle of the night, 1219 in the morning, posting, quote, on Monday, the third ethics report I'll be submitting to the Office of Congressional Ethics is on Congressman. Is it Congressman or Congresswoman Lalata? Actually, I'm not sure who Lalata is. Oh, it's a Nick Lalata, Congressman Lalata. It has been raised in the local media that Congressman Lalata obtained his J.D. attending Hofstra in day school while he was supposed to be working at the Board of Elections at the same time. The questionable actions are, did Congressman Lalata no show to his taxpay funded job while going to school? And if so, he can potential have stolen public funds from the taxpayers of New York. Understand the spelling and grammar is atrocious. I'm just presenting it to you as written. I will let the Office of Congressional Ethics determine the validity of this grave allegation. Okay, so first argument is Congressman Lalata supposedly was in school for his law degree while working at the Board of Elections. The Board of Elections is a taxpayer funded job. Did he even really go or was he collecting his salary without showing up while earning his law degree? Not the biggest scandal compared to Sanctos, but still potentially a scandal. But that's not where Santos is stopping. Then Santos posts to X Monday, I will be filing an ethics complaint against Congressman Mike Lawler for questionable campaign finance violations. Congressman Lawler owns portion of Checkmate Strategies, and he uses the same firm that he is a beneficiary of to pay for services related to his campaign. The concerning questions are, is Lawler engaging in laundering money from his campaign to his firm and then into his own pocket? All right. This is a more serious allegation. What Sanctos is saying is that Mike Lawler hires a firm he has an interest in to do work for his campaign. So in essence, what he would be doing, if this is true, these are just allegations, is he raises money from uh, uh, donors. He hires a firm that he has an interest in. And then by virtue of owning that firm, he converts a portion of the campaign funds into income for himself, self-dealing, money laundering. All of these things apply, but he's not stopping there. George Santos continues Monday. I will be filing an official complaint with the Office of Congressional Ethics against Nicole Maliotakis. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's a congressional member for Brooklyn and Staten Island regarding her questionable stock trading since joining the Ways and Means Committee this uh, Congress. Before joining the committee, the congresswoman didn't have an active trading habit or a high volume stake. The question is, what set of information is she trading with? Very circumstantial. But what Santos is saying here is that Malutakis didn't use to trade stocks. Suddenly she's on the Ways and Means Committee, where you at least theoretically have access to all sorts of information that could be actionable when it comes to publicly traded companies. Suddenly she's actively trading stocks. Is it a violation of the Stock Act or insider trading. Serious allegation, unclear if he has the evidence for it. And lastly, here is another person Santos is trying to talk down, uh, take down. Let's talk about hypocrisy. Can someone ask Nicole Malia stock tips 
When did she become a savant in stock trading? The signature bank trades she did reeks of insider trading, trading much like Paul Pelosi's every trade. Nicole is in it for herself. Just look at her record and it speaks for itself. Nicole Malia stock tips is a dirty, dishonorable swamp creature selling the American people down a river for her own benefit. The difference between you and I is that I don't live in denial. I am a proud gay man and not afraid to say it. I guess arguing, <clears throat> excuse me, that Nicole Maliotakis is a closeted uh, gay woman, a closeted lesbian or something like that. I, I, I don't know. Uh, so listen, um, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, right. But more importantly, I welcome this. If indeed Santos has the dirt on others, it doesn't excuse what he did to say other people are doing th things incorrectly as well. Let's take them all down. Let's take let's remove three more members of the House of Representatives that are Republicans. I welcome all of it and I welcome the self-destruction of this very not serious party. And if you that may be the theme of today's show, if you want to see how not serious these people are, just wait until I show you Ron DeSantis's health care plan. OK, as bad as you think it might be, it's probably worse. So we'll take a quick break. We are only 4000 YouTube subscribers away from 2 million at this point in time. Become one of our first 2 million YouTube subscribers at YouTube.com slash The David Pakman Show. We're going to do it this week, folks. It's happening this week. If you sit all day long while you work and you've never tried a desk that can transition between sitting and standing, it really is a game changer. I've had an uplift desk for a while. I use it every day to record the show, prepare for the show, do my office work. I'm sitting at an uplift desk at this very moment, and I've been using uplift desks for many years. We wanted them to be a sponsor and we finally were able to make it happen. Standing while I work helps me get the creative juices flowing. I feel more productive. I'm focused. I'm more alert and it's also healthier. I'm just moving around more. My circulation is better, which is just good for your health. I use the uplift standing desks because they don't wobble. Totally stable, even with all of my show equipment on them. The build quality is just tremendous and you can completely customize the desk by choosing from over 100 desktop choices, hundreds of accessories. I have a whole bunch of them, including a USB hub and a keyboard tray and all sorts of things. They have free shipping, free returns, free return shipping and an industry leading 15 year warranty. My audience gets 5% off when you go to upliftdesk.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman five. That's U P L I F T desk.com slash Pacman. Then use code Pacman five for 5% off. The info is in the podcast notes. I love the sponsor. Our sponsor, Green Pan, makes the best ceramic nonstick cookware money can buy. I've been using it for years. You're probably familiar with Green Pan. They really revolutionized home cooking back in 2007 when they introduced the ceramic nonstick cookware. Now Green Pan has launched their slow cookers. You can create family size meals with the press of a button. They're available in eight beautiful colors. I have the white one. The other night I made a beautiful brisket in not technically a Hanukkah brisket, not yet, but could be, could be. I made it in my green pan slow cooker. The results are amazing. Super easy to clean up. You can brown in the pot. I don't need to brown on the stove. I can do it all in the slow cooker. None of green pans cookware has any of the harmful chemicals that other brands have. Green Pan has their own factory. They live up to their standards. They won the 2023 Good Housekeeping Sustainable Innovation Award. And all Green Pan stuff has a 60 day return policy. So you have plenty of time to make sure it is right for you. Upgrade your cookware this holiday season with Green Pan. Go to greenpan.us and use the code PACMAN to get 30% off your entire order plus free shipping on orders over $99. The info is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman Show continues to be funded directly by our audience. If you listen to the podcast daily, if you listen on Spotify or maybe through some other 
podcast app or watch clips on YouTube. All of these platforms on which we publish content are primarily funded just by people who go to our website, sign up and get a membership. We offer great perks for these folks, including an extra show every day that we call the bonus show, oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. Sure. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Well, Alex, we're offering people what they want. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. Hundreds of troops from the branches of the military are suspected of advocating for the overthrow of the American government. This is a very, very disturbing new report, which also is not the most surprising thing in the world. Military.com has an article summarizing a, a, a report from the Pentagon which finds that they say dozens of troops. But when you look at the number, it's really 200. We're really talking about hundreds, not dozens, dozens of troops suspected of advocating for the overthrow of the U.S. government to which they swore an oath in defense of. This is the new Pentagon extremism report. Now, if you look at the details and I encourage you to do it, it identified 78 service members suspected of advocating overtly for the overthrow of the U.S. government, 44 suspected of engaging in or supporting terrorism in this most recent year. Overall, 183 allegations of extremism in the military, all sorts of different discrimination, advocating for violence in order to achieve their individual political goals. The numbers have fluctuated over the years. Sometimes there's 300 such allegations in 2022. It went up and then 2023, it went up again. But the takeaway here is that we have a situation where those who, at least in theory, are there to defend the United States and our way of life. And they say we're here defending freedom and freedom of speech and all of these different things are actually advocating its overthrow. Interestingly, the the Space Force branch, a new branch developed under President Donald Trump uh, for the first time, has now reported four such cases of alleged extremism. So what is done when the military finds such cases? Well, they investigate. Some are difficult to substantiate because it's a lot of he said, she said stuff and then denials. But of the allegations, 69 were substantiated when they substantiate such allegations. Sometimes it leads to an involuntary discharge from the military. Sometimes it leads to mandatory counseling. Sometimes it's nonjudicial punishment. And sometimes you end up with a court martial. But I want to talk about the broader implications here of having this sort of virus or disease inside of the military. We already know on the one hand that when you join the military, you are taking certain risks. You are potentially putting yourself in harm's way, etc. And for that, we want to account for that. We are lucky enough to have an all volunteer military such that a draft is not necessary. And this is separate from the fact that I and many others on the left don't think that much of what the military is up to is even worthwhile. Let's put that aside for a moment. But there is an incredible hypocrisy within certain segments, particularly of the sort of right wing prototype that joins the military. And I'm not pretending everybody in the military is right wing. In fact, there are many in the military that are not right wing. They call into the show. We've spoken to many of them. But this wanting to overthrow the government does appear to be overwhelmingly coming from the right wing in the military. There's this hypocrisy where they've sworn an oath to defend and protect the Constitution and the country. And paradoxically, they're engaging in activities. They're supporting ideologies that would undermine or even overthrow the government that they supposedly committed to protect. And this is emblematic of a deeper issue in some right wing circles that go beyond the military. The context here, the, the entryway is the military, but this happens elsewhere. You have this rhetoric of patriotism and of national defense and of standing up for the country while it is contradicted by actions and an ideology that threaten the stability of the country, that threaten the security of the country from within. And so this raises alarming questions 
about the safety and efficacy of providing some of these people firearms and military training when they harbor extremist views. And there's a reality that we have to understand. And this has always been the case when it comes to the volunteer nature of the American military over the last many decades. There's a self-selection bias. Okay, there is a self-selection bias to military enlistment, and that's a real concern, particularly where you have individuals with a predisposition to violence, a fascination with firearms. There is the very real possibility that the very nature of having a volunteer military attracts individuals with primary motivations that are not positive for the country as a whole. They want to handle weapons, engage in combat. They might have a bloodthirsty sort of uh, uh, nature or, or uh, ideology rather than being motivated by a sense of duty and uh, wanting to defend what makes the United States the United States. And so when you have this all volunteer military, it can create a skewed representation within the armed forces. Now, I am not advocating for a draft. It's the last thing I want. Forcing people into a military who don't want to be there also isn't a great thing. But when we talk about extremism in the military and we've been talking about it for a decade on this program, it's something that the Pentagon studies. Part of this issue is, well, there is a self-selection bias. Who is more likely to want to join a military? And unfortunately, we are seeing that uh, uh, in this report. So what else needs to be done about it? I actually don't know. I don't believe that the answer is, well, put in place a draft and draft a bunch of people who don't have these tendencies into the military. I don't want people in the military who don't want to be there. The problem is there is a skewing of the people who do want to be there that leads us to this very problem. So if you have ideas of how this might be dealt with, uh, write in info at davidpackman.com. I'd love to hear from you. As a, I'm sure many of you remember, there was this iconic moment in August, uh, iconic in a negative way, in August of 2020, where Chris Wallace asked Donald Trump, what's up with the health care plan you promised? And Trump said within two weeks, it's going to be signed into law. It never was. Trump ultimately lost the election. And we know uh, uh, what transpired in the years that followed. Ron DeSantis is having a similar it'll be out in two weeks moment. This is just absolutely amazing. NBC News's Kristen Welker interviewed Ron DeSantis over the weekend, and she said, what's in your health care plan? I mean, really, like what exactly is in your health care plan? Uh, what about Obamacare? How are you going to get people coverage? And he said, well, you know, we're working on a proposal. Maybe it'll be out in the spring. Really? You don't have anything to tell us at this point, Ron, about how you're going to achieve what you claim you're going to achieve. Listen to this pathetic answer. Can you tell me specifically what the plan is and what your plan is to ensure the 40 million people who now have health insurance who didn't before Obamacare was passed? Well, we're going to be working on probably in the spring we'll we'll roll out uh, a big yeah. proposal. They're working on it super strongly. They need months to roll it out. Uh, I've got a lot of input that, that's been coming in from a lot of good people around the country, but we will be definitely be addressing uh, insurance. We'll def definitely be addressing big government and we will oh, be yeah. addressing uh, big pharma. You know, we pay more for drugs in this country than anybody else in the world. Uh, I'd like to see some equity across these developed countries so that our consumers are getting relief. Obamacare promised that it didn't deliver. So we're going to do something that actually works. There you go. But he's not going to tell you the specifics of how it'll work until the spring. But fear not, he's having input, which is a great thing to hear. So this is the new we're going to have a health care bill in two weeks from Trump from August of 2020. Now, here's the reality about health care. There, there's not this mystery. It's actually not the black box. So many of these elected officials want to pretend it's so complicated. I need months to study it, even though I've been in elected office for a long time. There is a triangle. OK, and uh, the, the late healthcare policy analyst Uwe Reinhardt wrote about this in his uh, posthumously published book. Imagine a triangle. Triangles usually, by definition, have three uh, 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 points, uh, axes. I don't even know what the right word is. OK, there's three points on a triangle. They are cost, quality and access, cost, quality and access. And what healthcare systems attempt to do is to find the point on that triangle where you feel like you're doing the best you can for the people in your country. There's not really a trick to it. There's not a trick. Usually, if you want lower cost and greater access, 
quality will suffer. If you have a certain quality and you want to expand access while holding quality level, the price is probably going to go up. Now, that doesn't tell you who pays for it. How is it funded? What about eliminating bureaucracy? All of the. But this is the basic framework that we have. And so it's becoming a gotcha to ask these Republicans, what's your health care plan? They want to pretend it is very complicated, but it's not complicated in the way they want you to believe. In a way, there is some framework for figuring out what you can do. And when Kristen Welker tries to ask more about it, it only gets worse. And it is word salad after word salad. Listen to this. Trump said he wants to repeal and replace Obamacare, something he tried and failed to do when he was president. You were in Congress at the time. If you were president, would it be your plan to try to repeal and replace Obamacare, something you voted to eliminate three times? Well, you're right. President Trump promised that he would repeal and replace Obamacare, and he didn't do it. And that was a promise that he made a lot of times. What would you uh, I do, think Governor? That, uh, what would you costs do? Have continued, have continued to go up. Well, but I think it's important to point out he's running on a lot of the things. What would you do? Talks about Trump. He campaigned on in 2016 and didn't deliver it on, whether it's repeal and replace Obamacare, whether it's building the border wall, whether it's draining the swamp. Remember, he said he would do a special counsel against Hillary Clinton. Then two weeks after the election said no. Now he says he's going to do one against Biden. Understood, so but this Governor, is part what of would a pattern you do? where he's running on things that he didn't do. <laughs> Here's what I will do. What, yeah. what I think you're going to need to do is have a plan that will supersede Obamacare, that will lower prices for people so that they can afford health care. Oh, he's going to lower prices. Cool. Okay, sounds good. Uh, while also making sure that people with pre-existing conditions uh, are protected, and we're going to look at the big institutions that are causing uh, prices to be high: big pharma, big insurance, and big government. But it's going to need to be where you have a reform package uh, that's going to be put in place. I don't think that repeating what Trump did and the failure um, is necessarily going to make sense. So, so we will address that. We will make sure that the Obamacare promise lower premiums. It didn't deliver that. You guys understanding what the plan is here? Is there a plan here? It doesn't sound like it. We know we need to go in a different direction, but it's going to be done by having a plan Governor, that's going to be able to supersede it. And Governor, we will be working on that. I want to be clear by what you mean by supersede. Do you mean you will move to repeal Obamacare and try to replace it with something else? Or will you leave it in place and make revisions? No, no, you will have a totally different uh, health care plan. So you repeal uh, it? But what You'll it will be is people, people, so people that will be on things like if they have a. How many times does, does she have to ask the question? Uh, an exchange plan will have a plan that will offer them coverage. So the coverage will be different and better, but they're still going to be able to be covered. So we want to make sure we have as many people covered as possible at the lowest possible price. That's the plan cover as many people as possible at the lowest possible price. Super creative, right? These are not serious people. I hope that this makes it obvious to any voter who thinks, oh, DeSantis is more serious on policy. He is not more serious on policy. By the way, I just got my renewal for my insurance next year. As some of you know, because I'm self-employed, I just buy my insurance through the New York State Health Connector. So these are these are not good plans, and I don't blame anyone in particular. These these are just not good plans. The system is really designed to be for people with employers where the employer might pay half or two thirds of your plan. I don't have any of that. Right. I'm paying for the plan myself in 2023. My plan is five hundred and ninety one dollars a month. Uh, this is just me, by the way. This is just me. Five hundred and ninety one dollars a month. It's pretty crappy. So I think I pay like 30 bucks to go to my regular doctor and 60 for any specialist. Um, my plan is going from 591 in 2023. I just got my renewal notice. It's going to seven hundred dollars and twenty one cents, seven hundred dollars and twenty one cents in uh, 2024. And at a certain point, I'm like, should I just be switching to the cheapest plan, like one of these catastrophic care plans? where I pay I have, a, you know, a, a, some deductible. I just pay everything up front until I hit that deductible. And then the plan takes over because I'm doing the math. Seven hundred times twelve is eighty four hundred dollars. If I can find some plan where I pay the first four or five thousand out of pocket and then it covers everything, maybe I'm coming out ahead. I don't know. Needless to say, the plans for self-employed people 
are very terrible, very, very terrible. Um, but it sounds like Ron DeSantis doesn't have, you know, it, by the way, if DeSantis communicated something I believed actually showed he understood the problem and might improve the situation, I'm in a situation where I would love someone to propose something that will help me. He's proposing nothing. It's obvious that he has no idea what he's talking about. So there's his it'll be out in two weeks moment, just as disappointing as anything we've ever heard from Trump. Breaking bad habits can be really tough, but Fume is on a mission to make it a lot easier. Now, let me again remind everybody, our sponsor Fume is not a vape. I would not be advertising vapes. There's no nicotine. There's nothing electronic. Fume is just a small wooden cylinder that delivers tasty plant flavored air that that's all it is. OK, first of all, people love the flavor, bunch of flavors, crisp mint, maple pepper, orange, vanilla, raspberry, lemon. OK, there's the physicality of the device. It fits in your pocket. You carry it around. It gives you something to hold up to your mouth. So if you're breaking a bad habit, the hand to mouth piece of it is a big deal. Your hands want something to do. This gives you that it also has an adjustable airflow dial and a magnetic end cap, which you can just fidget with when it's away in your pocket, which is also useful for some people who are trying to break these habits. Just go and read the reviews online. Fume has transformed bad habits for thousands of people. It's a great alternative for the hand to mouth habit. Start the holidays off right with a good habit. Go to tryfume.com slash Pacman to get the journey pack today, which comes with the device and several flavors to try. You'll get 20% off all the way until December 1st when you use the code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. Using the Internet without a VPN can open you up to all sorts of issues. Hackers have more access to your data, including your finances. Without a VPN, your activity can be logged and monitored by your Internet service provider, by advertising companies. And then that data can be sold, which means your personal browsing data is floating around out there. You should use a VPN that helps make you anonymous online. It encrypts your Internet activity. The VPN I've been using for years is private Internet access. Our sponsor, Private Internet Access, is the VPN that people trust because it's the only VPN that has proven multiple times in court that they do not log user activity. People also love Private Internet Access because it's fast. If you're streaming movies, downloading large files, it works great. You can use Private Internet Access on unlimited devices with just one account. They have a 30 day money back guarantee, 24 7 customer support. It's a service you can count on. Private Internet Access is giving my audience a huge 83% discount. You can subscribe for 203 per month and get four extra months for free. Go to PIAVPN.com slash David. The link is in the podcast notes. Failed former President Donald Trump gave a series of speeches in the important primary state of Iowa over the weekend, one in Cedar Rapids and one in it's always dicey when I pronounce the names of towns in Iowa. I'm going to go with Ann Kenny or is it Ann Kenny or I don't know. OK, uh, let's start with Cedar Rapids, where I'm more comfortable with the pronunciation. The speech started off before Trump even goes out to talk to the crowd. It starts with a group of people praying over Trump. These are cultists. These are lunatics. It is a sad thing to see, but it is where we are today. Tapes of hell will not prevail against him. We speak this over him. Lord, I pray for protection over him. I pray for protection over his. And if you're listening, there's like a pastor and a bunch of people holding their hands up to Trump, like he's some kind of uh, deity, and they're praying over him. All right, you, you I think you understand what it looks and sounds like when a, peop, a bunch of lunatics pray over Donald Trump. If anything, they should be performing an exorcism on Trump. That's also bonkers. 
but it would at least make sense based on what we've seen. So eventually Trump's actual speech starts and Trump with a hilarious Freudian slip where he says he's been waging war on democracy. It's like, yeah, we know, dudes, but we've been waging an all out war in American democracy. You look at what they've been doing. Yeah, it's maybe the first time that he's just told the truth. He is waging an all out war on American democracy. Trump then with, you know, again, the cognitive decline questions. Trump claims that Joe Biden received five billion dollars. Isn't Biden worth like 10 million bucks or something like that? He got five billion. You see, they just found him. Five billion dollars went to him. Remember during the debate, I said to Joe Biden, I said, how come the mayor of you see? Yeah, five billion dollars went to Joe Biden. He doesn't live like a guy who's got five billion dollars, and that's because it's utterly delusional nonsense. Donald Trump then wildly claimed that even Trump's political opponents acknowledged that Trump's presidency was great, that it was one of the great presidencies. And I'm thinking to myself, who, who, which of Trump's opponents acknowledge that? They haven't done that in a long time, but we did it for four years, and that's why we did so well. That's why it was one of the great presidencies, they say. Even the opponents sometimes say that he did very well. I have to say, take it back. They scream. His people say, take it back. I have never heard any of Donald Trump's political opponents say that he had an absolutely fantastic presidential term. Trump then, I guess, religion on the mind after that group of cultists prayed over him. Trump says that if Jesus and God came down from heaven, I don't know if that's two different people or the same people. I guess it depends on on your view. Um, He says that if Jesus and God came down to count votes, Trump would be the real winner in New York. He would be the real winner in Illinois. He would be the real winner in California, which is really hard to imagine. But I think if you had a real election and Jesus came down and God came down and said, I'm going to be the scorekeeper here, I think would win there. I think would win in Illinois and I think would win in New York, which is all places in theory. Yeah, it is absolutely disgusting to invoke religion in this way to say that the real winner if God was counting ballots would be me, even in states, including like California, where Trump and Republicans regularly lose by millions and millions of votes. Trump having a sort of free pony moment where he says he won't rest until everyone can have a beautiful house and a new car. And I will not rest until your family can afford a beautiful home and a brand new beautiful car of your choice. Combustion, electric, any way you want it, you're going to have lots of choice. And that's the way it should be. I'm not saying electric cars are bad. They have problems. They have big problems. There is a danger to them and they don't go far. I mean, it's a big problem. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, I don't know exactly how he's going to do that, given that none of his policies actually work to narrow the income and wealth gap or to find new ways to support people in need. I mean, it it's sort of like he not only it's often candidates on the left who are attacked for offering the free ponies proverbially, um, but at least the people on the left have some path towards closing the income, income, income and wealth gap or or funding some of these programs. Trump is saying all my policies will be the opposite, but everybody's going to be able to get a beautiful home and, and a brand new car, which is really hard to believe. And again, it's just Trump desperate to figure out a way uh, to position himself to become president again, probably out of his personal motivation, thinking that if he becomes president, it will help him in his criminal trials. I think that's what this is all about. Trump then going to his favorite topic, plumbing. I've never seen a man this obsessed with plumbing in my life. Here is Trump again talking about the problems with plumbing and heating and cooling. He should really work in HVAC. I think. It's okay if you want to go about five miles away from your house, but get back quick. They don't go far. They want to talk about your dishwashers and how much water you're going to have in your dishwasher, even though they don't work. And all of the other things that you have that were so precious and dear and that you never really appreciated until now because they want to take them away. Your heating and cooling in your house, they want to change it. They want to change everything. 
Have you ever seen a political candidate or any person that is this fixated on plumbing and on water pressure? I the other day, my plumber said to me, David, I don't even care about water pressure as much as Trump does. And this is my livelihood. And then finally, over apocalyptic music, Trump whines about the problems at airports, which is particularly rich since Trump flies his private 757, usually out of small private airports. And a nation whose once revered airports are dirty, crowded mess. Yet you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the planes won't leave. They just won't (laughs) leave. This is a problem Trump has really dealt with personally, as you can tell. And they have no idea when they will. They have no idea where ticket prices have tripled. They don't have the pilots to fly the planes. They don't have qualified air traffic controllers and they just don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, So there it is, the uh, the the epitome of apocalyptic America in 2023. The guy who flies private bemoaning things about airports he doesn't even understand. So that was Cedar Rapids, Iowa, continued concerns about Trump's cognitive state. But this is nothing. He then moved on to his next Iowa speech at which he incited violence. Let's talk about that next. Donald Trump, after speaking in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, over the weekend, went to Ann Kenny, Iowa or Ankeny. I hope I'm hitting the pronunciation with one of those two. The Iowa names, uh, you wouldn't assume Iowa names would be this difficult for me to pronounce. But at the end of the day, I I get them all wrong and people write in Uh, Donald Trump is inciting violence once again. Donald Trump's new one in Iowa was that the vote needs to be guarded. His supporters must go into Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta. Wait a second. What do those places have in common? Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta. I know there's something here. They need to go there and guard the vote. Watch the vote. Intimidate voters. Take a listen. Oh, no. And we have a glitchy video, an unfortunate glitch. Let's uh, let's let's get to Everybody it. Everybody knows it and they know it. You know, the one thing they don't want to talk about is the election. They don't want to because they're guilty as hell. They cheated like hell. They know it. And you'll never find out all the ways. But we don't need all the ways because, you know, it was, I think, 22,000 votes separated. it, And we have millions and millions of votes. It's a very sad thing. So the most important part of what's coming up is to guard the vote. And you should go into Detroit and you should go into Philadelphia and you should go into some of these places, Atlanta, and you should go into some of these places. And we got to watch those votes when they come in, when they're being, you know, uh, shoved around in wheelbarrows and dumped on the floor and everyone's saying what's going on. We're like a third world nation. There you go. We need people to go into overwhelmingly Democratic cities with larger black populations and guard the vote. Now, even if you want to be charitable, right, let's be as charitable as possible to Trump and say he's not inciting violence. He's only inciting intimidation by his mostly white voters in disproportionately minority cities. Even if you want to be that charitable, it's still really, really bad. And of course, really, what Trump is doing seems to be even worse than that. A vile and really weird moment. Donald Trump, after the passing of Jimmy Carter's wife, Rosalind Carter, I guess sort of starting to say something about Jimmy Carter and then realizing it would be in poor taste to say something negative. So he kind of tries to say something nice, but it comes out really weird. Listen to this positive thing. I don't think that's happened to our country in. uh, And I have to tell you, Jimmy Carter, as you know, our first lady went to the funeral of Rosalind Carter. It was a beautiful event, by the way. And everybody was very nice, uh, really nice. But uh, Jimmy Carter's uh, in his latter years, 99, in his latter years, he's got to be a happy man because his administration was brilliant compared to what we have now. There you go. Brilliant. So Trump figuring out a way not to attack Jimmy Carter by saying Jimmy Carter's administration was good compared to the disaster of the Biden administration, which is very interesting. And then lastly, here is Trump telling the story, completely delusional retelling of how he got Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds elected 
before she went disloyal and abandoned Trump, instead endorsing Ron DeSantis. That difficult. This state is not that difficult. And it's a great state with great people. But she became the uh, governor, and then she called me. She had a big problem. She was running against a very wealthy man, I believe a farmer, handsome man, they said, handsome, good-looking, wealthy, had everything, a uh, Democrat, and he was way up in the polls, and he was going to win. And I came in, I did a big rally, I did a big endorsement of her, I fought like hell, and she ended up winning, right? Right. And then the second time was much easier, but uh, I also kept you in the position of first. You were first in the nation, <laughs> which I didn't have to do. So I did all these things, and then I spoke to Kim uh, about, you know, four or five months ago, whatever, and uh, she said, I'd like to remain neutral. I said, You'd like to? I'd like to remain neutral, too. I didn't have to come here and do rallies for you. And she said, what do you mean? Well, because we're first in the nation, I'd like to remain there. I said, I'm the one that kept you first in the nation. She said, well, it's, you know, because of that. Uh, this is if you're not loyal to Trump, this is what he does. I'd like to remain neutral. I'd like to be able to go and really uh, politic and work with all of the candidates. I said, all of the candidates are running against me. That doesn't sound like so good. And it wasn't a quid pro quo, as they used to say. No, of course not. So there is Trump. In Trump's mind, no Republican could win without his help, and every Republican should support him. And then very last thing for, from this speech, Trump claims that he had some deal with President Xi to stop fentanyl or fentanyl, as he calls it, but it didn't happen because he lost the election. And then something about mules. The drugs are higher than ever before. We had them way down. And I had a deal with President Xi of China. They were going to criminalize uh, fentanyl. If you make fentanyl and you get caught, they're going to criminalize it. And you know what their penalty is if you get caught with drugs? Death penalty for drug dealers and for drug makers. And they were going to criminalize it. It was all done. And then we had the result of this ridiculous election where they used COVID to cheat and other things, too. Right. You don't even have to go into ballot stuffing, the 2,000 mules and all of that. You don't have to. And by the way, the 2,000 mules hundreds of thousands, millions of ballots we're talking about. We're not talking about we're talking about millions and millions anything right through the drug. So this is just a wild conspiracy theory wrapping in fentanyl, fentanyl, President Xi, mules, ballots, ballot dumps, the entire thing. I have to tell you one good thing that happened during this uh, series of Trump speeches over the weekend was that a Fox News host cut in and said, Trump is lying to you. Let's talk about that next. You don't see this often, but a Fox News host interrupted Donald Trump's speech over the weekend in Iowa and said Trump is telling lies here. Trump is not telling you the truth. This is super interesting. Fox, this is HuffPost. Fox News's live broadcast in Cedar Rapids over on Sunday was interrupted by a fact check from Fox anchor Arthur Neville. Take a look at this. It's not the greatest fact check in the world, but it is a fact check on Fox News in real time, something we don't often see. Take a look at this. Bigger, better, and it works. And then, no. Well, the former president finally got around to some campaign promises amid lots of cheering, as you heard. Many untruths. The 2020 election was not rigged. It was not stolen. There you go. The election was not rigged and it was not stolen. Now, this is not totally unique for Neville. Last year, Neville called on air for gun law reform after a bunch of mass shootings and said we have to do something. Trump has previously raged about Neville, suggesting she really should be working at CNN. But to me, really, what this sounds like more is someone who doesn't want to get Fox News sued and the awareness that continuing to broadcast Trump's claims that the election was stolen may not be so good for Fox News. So good for her. Very small thing, but I still love to see it. People in my audience who sometimes struggle with sleep, you know, you've got those habit forming prescription medications, which sometimes have side effects. You've got your herbal remedies that often do nothing. That's why the go to can be melatonin, which is clinically proven to work and without the side effects and the grogginess. Our sponsor Beam makes delicious nighttime hot cocoa drinks called Dream with melatonin to help you get to sleep. Melatonin can also help correct 
circadian rhythm disturbances to get your schedule back on track. Like, for example, if you have jet lag, Beam's Dream Hot Cocoa with melatonin comes in great tasting flavors like mint chocolate chip, chocolate peanut butter, sea salt caramel or caramel. Come on. No sugar added, sweetened with monk fruit, only 15 calories per serving. My favorite is cinnamon cocoa. I'll just be up front. It's great to have before bed sometimes. It's hot, very flavorful, but not overly sweet. It's just a soothing way to wind down like an hour before going to bed. If you want to try Beam's best selling dream powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year. Get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Pacman. That's shopbeam.com slash Pacman for up to 50% off. The link is in the podcast notes. No matter your genetics or lifestyle choices, as humans, we all share some basic foundational nutritional needs. And properly replenishing your nutrients daily is important for gut health, stress management, immune system. And that's where our sponsor, AG1, comes in. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement, it supports your body's universal needs with something that you can easily absorb and utilize. So instead of a multivitamin or fumbling around with 10 different vitamin bottles, I've just replaced all of it with one scoop of AG one. I get the vitamins, the minerals, the prebiotics, the probiotics, all the stuff I'm looking for. It's delicious. It goes great in a smoothie. You can drink it straight with water like I do in the morning before my famous cappuccino. I've been doing it for years. You're just covering your nutritional basis for the whole day. It's simple. You don't have to buy a bunch of different vitamins. My audience knows I don't advertise miracle solutions and cures, and there's no miracle cure or solution here. It's just a simple product that works that replaces the clumsiness and the cost of a ton of different vitamins. Go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman. You'll get five free travel packs of AG1 and a free year's supply of vitamin D, which, as I've said, I take in the winter when there's a lot less sun out. That's drink. A is in Adam. G is in green. The number one dot com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG one and a free year supply of vitamin D. The link is in the podcast notes. This is sort of a weird video. I want to see what you make of it. Um, This is from a Vivek Ramaswamy event where a guy claiming to be a former FBI agent. Now, of course, we don't know that to be true. Someone asserts that they are a former FBI agent. He warns Vivek Ramaswamy and tells him to be careful. Now, this could mean a number of different things. Let's take a look at it. Let's listen to it. Tell me what you think this is all about. What's your name, sir? Mike Wyatt. Um, Mike, good to meet you. You were my girl. When I went in, it was fidelity, bravery, integrity. It broke my heart. This can't be. This can't go on. And we will. We will. And I like the way you're pushing because it's the. It, you, you, those are my instincts, right? But I can tell you what we can immediately get done. Well, thank you for your service. Jesus, be careful. I will. We will. I mean, we're guided by our purpose. I know. I know that it can get ugly. You mean you mean like yes, be careful, be, be careful. very careful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What did you do in the bureau? So what's this guy talking about? Be careful, be careful. Um, I worked. Uh, I was a SWAT guy, but I worked counterintelligence and uh, counterterrorism, and I was one of those guys that was convinced uh, they would never do it. You, you, you know, were, how many years were you? How many years were you in the FBI? Twenty-two. I was a cop before that. Okay, and you, you're worried. Yes, I'm worried. Okay. He's trying to communicate something. You're worried. Yes. And they're all kind of talking almost in like a code. He's retired. He's what would retired. you do in my shoes? I get some very, very competent help. Okay. And some very competent people do some intelligence work for you before you went places. Okay. Before you go places, get competent help. Just walk around, talk to people, maybe get a feeling. Okay. Because you know, I played for a living, I got people to tell me what they didn't want to tell me. And the other thing is, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps, but I don't think my worm farm is going to catch up. With okay. You. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll take that seriously, man. I, uh, I I'm reading between the lines of what you're saying, and we got you. Okay. Thank you. We'll take care of ourselves. And he's reading between the lines. So, is this guy suggesting that it is 
if he starts doing well in the Republican primary, someone's going to come for him and try to kill Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, it's like he's not doing well. He's not going to do well. So even the motive for that doesn't seem viable. Is he saying if you become president, you represent such a shock to the system that the elites are going to try to take you out? Is it well, you're a minority so that they might target you because of that? Like what? What exactly is this guy saying? And it is it is a reading between the lines sort of situation because neither, you know, the guy keeps saying, no, really, like, really be careful. And Vivek says, you mean like, like, really? It's like, yes, yes, really be careful. What do you think the guy is trying to communicate? And is he delusional? Uh, those are, I think, my two primary questions. Um, let me know what you think this is all about. Carrie Lake, who is now running for Senate in Arizona after losing the 2022 gubernatorial race to Katie Hobbs, uh, also ran uh, Carrie Lake did as a Republican in Arizona for governor. She claims to be about law and order. She claims to be a defender of law and order. She appeared on Fox News over the weekend and she says one of the greatest injustices right now is that MAGA people who appear to have committed crimes on January 6th have been arrested. That's the injustice. I thought that you were for law and order, Carrie. Take a listen to this. Mainstream media goes after him over January 6th. I want to get your opinion here because we're seeing new information about January 6th and the number of FBI informants who were in the crowd. Uh, and now we're seeing this terrible treatment by some people who were just in Washington, had nothing to do with it. What's your assessment there? It's terrible what happened. I mean, this to me is one of the great injustices in American history. We have people who are rotting in this D.C. prison. Uh, Jake Lang, he's been there almost three years. He's never had a trial. He's rotting in prison. He's just one of dozens upon dozens of people. And now we're starting to see this video pour out, the 40-plus thousand hours that Mike Johnson is finally putting out, and he needs to put all of it out quickly. And we're seeing the treatment that these people who were just there protesting, peacefully protesting. We saw a grandmother being thrown down a flight of stairs by Capitol Police. We're seeing people being beaten by Capitol Police. Now, we want to get to the bottom of it because we don't want American citizens held as political prisoners, and that's what we have right now. We've got to get to the bottom of this. The conditions inside that D.C. jail are medieval, and uh, we can't forget <laughs> these men who are being held right now. Now, listen. If you genuinely care about the conditions in the American jail and prison system, I'm with you. That's a major problem. I've been talking about it for more than a decade. If you care about the way in which bail is used to keep defendants in jail until their trial, which prevents them from being able to have the productive meetings with their lawyers to mount their defenses that they could have and disproportionately affects the poor. I'm with you on all of these issues. But people like Carrie Lake, who claim to be about law and order, they never cared about these issues. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the same way. Oh, they're being kept in terrible conditions. It's a gulag. Blah, blah, blah. You didn't care about any of this. Why aren't they let out? They're just being kept in prison until their trial. You did not care about this until it became politically inconvenient to have these individuals charged, indicted, prosecuted, and some detained until trial. So I'm willing to work overall with these people on this issue, but they don't actually care about the issue. They care only about the fact that it's their supporters. It's their cultists. It's the extremists that support them that are in this position at this point in time. That's what it is. And uh, it's the principle that we've been seeing from from them for so long, which is I will say whatever. And as soon as it's inconvenient, I will say something else. No, we need pretrial detention, they say, because we need to keep these dangerous people off the streets. They reoffend while they're awaiting trial. They leave. They don't show up. Oh, well, here's a thousand Trump cultists who are accused of crimes. Oh, no, no, no. None of them should be in pretrial detention. They should all be out. They should be allowed to do whatever they want. They're being held in poor conditions. Well, why does it only apply to the thousand Trump cultists accused of crimes? The law and order meme is just that. They don't genuinely care. We have a voicemail number. That number is 219 2 David P. Here's a caller.
who's curious. How did I get so stupid? Let's listen and see if we can figure it out. You know, Joe Biden is crook, but yet you uh, put down Donald Trump. Yeah. Tell me which crimes Joe Biden committed. You know, he's a crook. Okay, well, what crimes did he commit? Oh, criminal bribery. What's the evidence? I don't know. They're hiding the evidence. Oh, okay. Convince me with any evidence that Joe Biden is a crook and I'll be right here telling you Joe Biden's a crook. And I know you're a liberal. True. That's okay. You can be what you want to be. Thank you. I just want to know what school did you go to to get to be as stupid as you are? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I don't want to blame any of the schools I went to for my stupidity, sir. I got this stupid on my own. Let's let's uh, let's leave it at that. I don't we don't need to bring anybody else into the conversation. All right. We have such a great bonus show for you today. Uh, Eric Adams, New York City mayor, has signed a bill to ban height and weight discrimination in employment, in housing and in any public accommodation. What sort of height and weight discrimination was even taking place? We will discuss it. Secondly, Purdue Pharma and the Sacklers had that Oxycontin settlement that we discussed. That is now going to the Supreme Court. And Massachusetts has become the fifth state in the nation to make prison calls free. Should this just be standard? All of these stories and more will be discussed on the bonus show. I want to remind you, as of this exact moment that I'm recording this, we are at one point nine nine five two million YouTube subscribers. Now, let me say it a different way. We're forty eight hundred YouTube subscribers away from two million. We are going to do a membership blowout when we get to this two million number. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, please do it. We found that every month, three or four million people watch our clips who are not subscribed. So we could get forty eight hundred like that. Help us do it. We're going to have a live stream Wednesday night for the Republican debate. I predict that if we have not gotten to the two million by then, we will be able to hit it live on the stream. So I hope to see many of you there to celebrate. We've got the bonus show coming up. We're here all week. Uh, Great to see everybody.